I did a podcast uh, talking a little bit about um, eyelid shape preservation, and I believe it's worth exploring this even more in detail. Uh, the biggest thing with a, an eyelid that looks natural to me is the preserving the shape of the eyelid. This is the single most important thing when creating a natural result where the person's identity is not changed. Now, for me, a big beef that I have is, unfortunately, is doing a way overdone eyelid by removing too much fat and skin and, and skeletonizing the eyelid. And that's another subject where I'm balancing it, doing fat grafting, as well as some removal of some tissue so that it's not overdone in one direction or the other. And I, I, I will do a separate podcast talking about that. But in this podcast, what I'm really focused on is the concept that the eyelid shape does not is not altered in any way. What makes an eyelid shape different? Well, the biggest thing for me is the canthus. And so the canthus is a fancy word, C-A-N-T-H-U-S, that describes the joining of the upper and lower eyelids. And that can be a medial canthus, which is toward the nose, and the lateral canthus, which is the outer portion of the eyelid. And the lateral canthus is really what I'm going to focus this podcast on. What this lateral canthus is, and lateral canthal, that's the adjective form, lateral canthal position, is that the lateral canthus cannot be shifted inward, downward, upwards, or outwards. Otherwise, you get weird-looking eyes that just look artificial, that don't look, don't look done, that don't look natural. And I've done, unfortunately, a lot of uh, jobs to fix this, uh, a lot of uh, procedures to try to fix this. Um, and it's not e not easy entirely correct this. In fact, it's impossible to entirely correct it. You can only slightly improve it. So what causes canthal distortion? So let's talk about the lower eyelids and then talk about, talk about the upper eyelid brow complex. And I really want you to have a better understanding of this. So the lower eyelid, if you make a an incision underneath the lower eyelid in what's called a skin muscle flap, which essentially means, or transcutaneous through the skin, if you're cutting through that skin, it seems very easy and harmless and innocuous to do that because you could just sew up the skin right underneath, you know, right underneath the eyelid and, and not have a visible scar. And that's true. Uh, it's not that, not that scarred, but it's false in the sense that your eyelid actually becomes much weaker from just the act of incising the lower lid. And then what you have to do as a surgeon is to rebuild that strength, the lower lids. So you've got to tighten up that, canth that, that weakness. And if you don't tighten it, you're going to have a weaker lower lid where it actually hangs down, looks like a droopy dog, and also can cause functional problems. So the biggest thing is making sure that you retighten that eyelid. Um, but the problem with recanthal or canthal suspension is that if you tighten it slightly too much, and you have to actually slightly over tighten it so that because it's going to slip a little bit. Your, your eyelid will look a little bit pulled upwards. If the scar tissue brings it in by a millimeter or two, it's going to it's going to round out the eye. If it's slightly over tightened outwards, it's going to look Asian. Um, it can look artificial. So these are all the problems. So how do you avoid that? Well, the biggest way you avoid it is not to make an incision on the lower lid. So the way that I do in a, a lower blepharoplasty is a combination of fat grafting to restore the hollowness around the rim of the orbital rim, and then I do a transconjunctival, uh, which is a big fancy word to describe an eyelid surgery where I'm incising from inside. And so how do you do it with all the extra loose skin? All you, all it, what's interesting is oftentimes that skin just type, tightens back up. Now in Caucasians or fairer skinned individuals, that skin can be a bit crepey and loose, 
I'll just do a light laser that'll tighten up, but I don't remove skin and I don't cut through the muscle. And if you do that, the eyelid shape just doesn't change whatsoever. I've never in 20 years had an eyelid position be over pulled down or pulled up or changed. Now, it's particularly appealing for African-Americans or very, very dark skinned patients to say, look, there's no scar, there's no cutting, no incision. Um, that's a great appeal to them. you know. Uh, but to me, the biggest benefit is not the scarlessness of it, not the avoidance of an incision, but the preservation of the lower eyelid shape where it's not gonna change one lick it's going to be the same. And that's something that people don't have the eye necessarily to look at that looks slightly fake, but I can be at a cocktail party and notice someone's had their eyelids done and it really irritates me. Uh, it's something that probably you would say, you know, Dr. Lamb, I really don't want to look fake. The problem is I have women tell me that. I look at them, they already look fake. I can tell that they've had their eyelids done because their canthal position is not right. And so the lower blepharoplasty, in my opinion, really should almost never, never say never, but I should say almost never be cut on from outside of the skin. Um, uh, and I used to do trauma cases through the skin when I can't do it uh, transconjunctively. And I would see a slight alteration to the, the shape of the eyelid, even in my best hands. So that's the way I saw it, you know, when I was doing that for trauma cases where I had to go outside. But for cosmetic cases, I have, I shouldn't say never, but I can't recall almost ever doing that. At least in, in the last 15 years, I certainly have not done it. Um, and then for the upper eyelids, the, the biggest trick with this is when people do brow lifts, uh, that brow lift, there's a release uh, along the lateral margin of the eyelid near the, um, this is so hard to describe this anatomy-wise, but the periosteum, the lining of the bone, when you release that area, the canthus can also shift. And this is one of the big reasons why I'm not a big fan of, of brow lifts. I don't think they look great, uh, but I really believe that uh, a little fat, a little bit of skin removal, a little bit of laser tightening can actually make the brows look incredibly natural and beautiful. Um, and they look more like the way you used to look when you were young. So that is the powerful thing of performing um, a, uh, an upper blepharoplasty. Uh, well, you say, well, if you say, well, Dr. Lamb, now do you make an incision for the upper, uh, upper eyelid blepharoplasty? Yes, I take a little skin away. You say, well, wait a second, you just told me you wouldn't do that for the lower lid. Why is that different? What is very interesting is when you take away skin from the upper eyelids, it does not affect the eyelid shape. It's only affected when you cut the lower lid. And the other benefit of doing so on the upper eyelid is that it's hidden inside the crease so that you don't even see it. And so even though it looks, it may look like an, a line, that line is something that actually exists. When you close your eyes and you look at someone with a crease, they have that line already there. So it doesn't look like a scar, even if you're an African-American or dark skin. Now, there's a uh, different story if you're an Asian without a crease whatsoever, but that's a, that's a whole different me method of approaching an upper eyelid. That is a topic of a whole different uh, podcast. But this is really focused on the concept that if we can preserve the eyelid shape in its entirety where it's not distorted, especially that lateral canthus, that outer joining of the upper and lower eyelids, where it's not blunted inwards, not tilted upwards, not stretched outwards, uh, not, only is it, not only is it more attractive and more natural, but it's also safer. And so when that eyelid functionality has not been compromised, you know, the dry eye issues, the the rounded eye, those problems I really have not seen with this technique, which is really awesome. You know, people oftentimes, if they've been elsewhere and they've had not only a, a compromise in the way they look, but they also have functional problems with their eyes, 
where they either can't close their eyes, they have issues with uh, um, tearing of the eyes, they've got all these problems. It's really due to the fact that, in my opinion, it's besides an aggressive surgeon, it's also based on the technique. And so if we can choose a better technique of not making an incision in the lower lid, I think we're, we're going to be much, much safer. And as I said, in 20 years, I've never had an eyelid position that looks weird or a patient with permanent dry eye issues. Of course, temporary for a week is normal um, or having an eyelid shape that just doesn't look natural.